Hey guys, what's going on? We're back, and uh, we're here to talk a little bit about music and uh, whatever we want to talk about. We're here with uh, Pat. What's going on, Pat? Do you want a really cool guess, nickname, Pat? First of all, do you want uh, a cool radio? I, you know, I, I'm always never been one for like making up handles on the internet and shit. I always, I always wind up using like either a band name or something like that. But like everybody always calls me by my last name anyway. So I mean, Fury works just fine, I guess. Or you can just call me Pat. It doesn't really matter. I don't have the, I don't have the cool movie movie reference nicknames like you do. I know. I, I mean, obviously, yours is from Top Gun. No, Goose. no, and I hate that. Not. Like, it's not. <laughs> I hate okay, that. Well, all right. Well, pardon my ignorance. Where Where is it from, then? I don't know. Dude, it, I don't know how I got blessed with this horrible name. Um, it actually started from like an online handle. Um, my online handle was always Gooseflesh back in the day, and somehow, some way, all that got abbreviated, and now it's just Goose. But I, I hate it. But it's like I'm just cursed with it. Oh uh, yeah, and I, I I couldn't think for the life of me where the hell where the hell Rivers comes from. But yeah, we'll go. Uh, with- it's 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 the hobo, uh, the black hobo from Return of Living Dead Three. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Nobody will ever know. Just me and Aaron. Or yeah. Black Goose. I think when we first met, that's what we bonded with was Quantum Leap, Dave Mustaine, and Riverman from uh, Return of Living Dead 3. And how uh, I always had a soft uh, soft spot in my heart for old black men in movies, especially when they get killed. Especially nah. homeless. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, why, why does a homeless person have to die, especially if you ain't hurt nobody? Well, I mean, clearly the guy's an old black man. Hasn't he had it rough enough? Yeah, it's not really fair. But uh, be- <laughs> yeah, but anyway, I wanted to talk a little about uh, music and whatnot. And Patrick, you're pretty much pretty knowledgeable on that front. So we'll just kind of start off with new releases. Is there, are you up to date on what's been out there? And if so, what um, do you do? Yeah, I actually I just picked up the new Dark Throne album, and that is really awesome. Mm. Um, I don't know if either one of you have ever listened to Dark Throne or even know who they are, but, uh, you know, they started back as a, like, kind of like the second wave of Norwegian black metal kind of coming in. And, uh, you know, people consider uh, their three albums, you know, um, Blaze in the Northern Sky, Transylvanian Hunger, and I can't remember the last one, but they consider that kind of like, you know, like part of like the black metal uh, upper echelon of black metal albums. Uh, um, but like as of recently, they're kind of, they basically just kind of sound like a motorhead tribute band is what I kind of think of them as. And, uh, it's just real punk and just real fast, just riff and stuff. And I mean, there's actually like a breakdown and breakdowns in some of the songs. So, I mean, it's totally like, you know, there's just a couple of Nor- Norwegian dudes who just kind of just hang out and play the music they want to play. So, you know, and actually this album's really, really good. And uh, I'm really stoked on it. I've, I've listened to it about three or four times already. And I just got it yesterday. So, uh, um, and How's then the I production some, quality. How's the production you know, quality? Actually, you know, it's <clears throat> their older stuff was just 
you know, obviously it's black metal, so they they recorded on, you know, had shitty production because one, the, you know, that was the aesthetic they were going for, and two, they were poor, and you can't really afford good equipment when you're poor. Um, well, back then anymore, any nowadays anybody can. Um, but it, it's actually not bad. It's it's not. It's still kind of still kind of lo-fi sounding. Um, but the the vocals aren't buried too much in the mix, which um, regardless of the music, kind of is something that irritates the hell out of me. Um, cause I kind of, you know, we had, we had touched on this on a, on a post just a couple days ago, um, about Both. how it just, yeah, yeah how, how if you bury vocals in the mix, it just, it just kind of just doesn't give as, as full of a sound. I think, I think you kind of lose some stuff actually too. And who was that band that, that brought that up? Who that you, that's, uh, that's nails. Um, a dude named Todd Jones is the, uh, kind of the creative mastermind behind them. Uh, their first album, Unsilent Death, is uh, it's an absolute rocker. I love that album. And then I was super stoked to hear about this one. And then, you know, I, I really dig the music. And, uh, but, you know, like, like, like we just said, uh, the vocals, man, I just, it just, you know, it's, I guess I, I'm not really bitching about it, but, you know, it's just because I still, you know, I still really like the music and, you know, but I just, I'd like to kind of sit down with an artist like that and maybe pick his brain when it came to mastering, uh, you know, his, what, what is, you know, why is his vision of, you know, his piece of art, you know, why does it have to sound like that? You know, I, and especially kind of if something like that, you know, I, I can maybe see it for, you know, if you had a specific reason to do it, you know, and like, um, Maynard from tool, he said before that he likes to kind of lower Very. the, Mm-hmm. Yeah, lower lower the lower the levels of his of his stuff so that it for and not publish lyrics so it forces people to actually learn the words. Well, obviously, unless you pu- unless Todd Jones published lyrics, um, then nobody's ever going to know what the hell he's saying. So I just I, I I really don't get it. Well, like I said, I'm not bitching about it, but it's just I'd I'd kind of like to know why, you know. But obviously, you're not going to get that opportunity. But with the tool thing, but, I had always heard that it was a. Uh, just sort of a a parlor trick to make the band sound that much louder, um, really? because you know his vocals aren't like that in APC and things like that. And I always kind of understood yeah. that. But um, yeah, I, I I like that nails. I mean, I like their sounds. Um, but I, I, if I recall correctly, there was two vocalists going on at one time, and I think it was the one that was underneath that I didn't think was loud enough. I think that was the issue, and it just kind of came off muffled and just kind of dirty yeah. and not in a good way. Yeah, if you check out their first their first one, Unsilent Death, um, that's got a lot. Of, that's I mean, it's it's kind of the same, pretty much the same tone musically, but the production is just tweaked slightly different. Uh, and yeah, his his Todd's vocals are a little higher uh, in the mix. And that Todd Jones dude, I mean, he's like in the hardcore scene, he a legend. I mean, he was like the he was in Carry On, and he was like the the uh, the founding guitar player for Terror, and uh, he was in another band called Betrayed. I think they're from they you know people. I don't know. I uh, all the stuff. I mean, I love Terror, so like pretty much anything that guy does, I guess, is going to get my stamp of approval. So <laughs> that's cool. I'm trying to think of what I've been listening to that's new. Um, what River? You got something to say? I was going to kind of ask you guys real quick about. Um uh slayer or whatever and uh mm. dave lombardo uh all oh, that like, nonsense yeah what's what's up with that i mean i heard a little bit about it but like why did well, why did well i mean and this is actually a question that i pitched to uh to dave ellison uh recently because um you know I, they always people always portray in the media they they paint a story and then they always have to paint somebody as a bad guy when who knows maybe it's not all personal maybe it's just business 
You know, I mean, people are looking at someone like Kerry King or whoever saying, oh, this guy's being a total bully and asshole and he's he's hoarding all the money. I'm like, we don't really know the story. I mean, at the end of the day, there's a lot of loose ends to all that stuff that has to 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 go to make the whole machine run. I mean, I don't know. At the end of the day, I don't really care either. I mean, business is business, but it's a shame. I think that's about where it ends for me. It's a pity. I wish they could work it out because Dave Lombardo is Slayer's drummer in my opinion, but well, he's, he, he previously left the band. So, I mean, obviously there's been a history of something. So, you know, and I, I honestly haven't read any specific details. Um, was it Thursday or whenever the hell it happened or Friday? Mm -hmm. Uh, my phone was blowing up from my uh, few metalhead friends, and plus my Twitter and Facebook feed um, <laughs> of everybody I subscribed to, just you know, kind of just going off about it. But I never bothered getting around to read any details. So, I mean, you know, there is precedent here with him leaving the band before. And like Aaron said, you know, who the hell knows what you know what was said, sure. um, you know, what the situation, they heard their arrangements, or you know what's going on. The only I, what really sucks is that's you know, <clears throat> that's two members. Um, Gone right now, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, one got one got bit by a spider uh, and <laughs> didn't become spider, which is pretty metal. Did, yeah, but unfortunately, he didn't become a superhero. He got a flesh-eating bacteria. <laughs> so, you know what? And I've I seen mean, I've seen Slayer. I think twice, maybe, maybe even three times since Jeff Hanneman's been out. And honestly, yeah. I'm not complaining, man. Gary holds a lot tighter than he's been lately. I mean, because I've seen really? Slayer, I've seen Slayer a couple times with Jan, Jeff Hanneman as well. And in recent, they you could tell, dude. I think that dude just needed a break. I mean, I think he's taking his time recovering. If you don't, if you know what I mean, I yeah. don't know. But well, yeah, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I hadn't seen them. The last time I saw them was about shit four years ago when they toured with Manson. Mm -hmm. uh, and what was that crowd like, by the way? <laughs> Yeah, that that was that was actually really different because, like, you had all the goth guys who were like the goth people who were like into Manson, like when Manson first broke, like when Beautiful People came out and like Portrait of American Family and stuff. So like they're kind of like the old dudes there. But then at the same time, there's like 15, 16 year old kids who are still dressing up like it's 1999 with their freaking giant jinko pants that are black and. and you know, uh, they got like, you know, they got their hair done in braids and they got like, you know, colored beads and shit. So it's like half like that half gother kid, like half, uh, you know, like ecstasy kid, like type look. And it was really weird. But then you got, of course you got all the, you know, the old drunk Slayer fans, you know, screaming <laughs> Slayer every five seconds. Are, are you sure we're not talking about the gathering of the juggalos here on that last? Oh, <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, I want to go to that so bad just for the people watching. I mean, are you kidding me? 10,000 mouth breathing, 10,000 mouth breathing idiots for like five days. Are you, are you kidding me? I mean, that's, uh, I mean, especially because in, it's, it's almost become cliche anymore with a lot of the mainstream music media, because they are starting to take notice of this. It's getting bigger and bigger every year. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys saw last year's lineup, but they booked like fear factory and uh soul fly. Flies. I saw that. Uh, a bunch of other couple like new like like new metal bands from like back in the day, you know, the early the late nineties, early two thousands, stuff like that. But I mean, Fear Factory. I mean, well, at, at one time that you know that name actually carried some clout. So I I, I don't know, but I, I uh, have to stop you right there. I'm gonna interrupt for a second. You know what, Fear Factory. Speaking of them, I was actually really really in love with Mechanize, the last album that came out. I yeah. really, really 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 liked it. I think more than the average reviewer did, but I was hooked on it. For the longest time. 
I heard a lot of good things. I heard a lot of good things about it. it. It's it's a little more straightforward, but it was really really heavy. You know, just bull crap aside. And um, then they had this this new one come out, uh, the industrialist, and they're like, we got to go back to our techno roots. And uh, they they started just using a legitimate drum machine instead of just kind of cutting and pasting their actual drummer. And I don't know it. Not as good as mechanized, but sorry, I just wanted to touch on that. It was a little disappointing. Yeah, that's that's a band I've never really been able to get into. Burton C. Bell's vocals have always kind of annoyed the hell out of me. Um, both his screams and and the way, he, especially the way he sings. My God, it's just I don't know. It's just annoying. Um, but yeah, that's just a band. And um, what was that stupid band that Dino was in with? Um, oh, Divine or, Heresy. Or yeah, 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 yeah. That's like no, I. I heard that. I heard that album was a big old steaming turd too. So yeah, I don't know. He just he takes the eight string guitar and he abuses it. I mean, you can only play an eight string guitar to death so much before it all just well, sounds like mud. I mean, unless you're Meshuggah, don't touch an eight string guitar. Uh, yeah, but well, and well, then you're gonna have a whole genre of kids, you know, copying you playing. You know, they do now, and I think they, I think they finally. Meshuggah's been around since 1991, and they finally came up with a term for it. It's like degent or something retarded. Gent, like, yeah, gent or gent or I don't know what the how the hell you pronounce it, but yeah. Stupid. When I hear that sound, I think no, that's Meshuggah. I don't. Yeah. Gent. Anybody that's trying to do it is Meshuggah to me, but. Anyway. Well, and the thing the thing of it is, is a lot with a lot of jet bands. I mean, they're only doing basically half of it right. Anyways, they're not they're not inter- intermingling the the polyrhythms with the drums either. It's usually just kind of a straight either, and you know, just a lot simple timekeeping. When you yeah, well, exactly. Maybe that's maybe that's sort of the method of as to why uh, Coloss, Obzin, and even like Catch Thirty Three have gotten progressively even more deeper into the polyrhythms and even just. Wackier and less conventional, and I mean, I mean, that I band, that it's insane. It's like I mean, they, have, they have to learn. They have to learn their own songs to play them live. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, we've had more and more copycats come out, and it's like, hey, yeah. maybe that's the reason we're going to get even more obscure. Like, try and copy this bitch. Um, well, I, I mean, <laughs> you got you got you guys have heard of them, and I know there's probably some listeners that heard of them. But I mean, I think I've always thought Mexico was kind of like an, an, an like an undervalued kind of band in the whole scene. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, granted, they they do just fine for themselves and they sell records and stuff like that. But you know, even even at the end of the day, these kids playing this gent, they're like, you know, oh, you know, they're not necessarily, you know, it's not paying homage to you know Mexico like you know the the neo thrash bands were doing just a couple of years ago, or like the the uh, the kind of like the underground kind of like simpler um, death metal bands that are kind of coming that sound basically like the old super old school like Entombed or. Mm-hmm. Uh, like old obituary or something like that where you know they they kind of wear their influences on their sleeves basically they just kind of uh, they just kind of jacked Mexica's style and you know just kind of made just basically tried to make it their own and uh, honestly there's not a single gent band like i don't know i guess people call it muir a gent band i just thought they were just kind of gay to begin with but i don't know <laughs> well I, you know and, and right now like you said mashuga is relevant unlike some of these other bands that you know people are taking inspiration off of so right now while mashuga is alive and well you might as well listen to mashuga if you're just going to listen to those other bands just listen to mashuga it's like don't yeah no, nothing don't nothing drink, is don't, like one of don't you think is one of my oh yeah 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 nothing is one of my favorite metal albums like period just because like yeah the 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 guitar work on that album is just absolutely insane mm. uh had a had an experience with some mind-altering substances in that album too so that kind of <laughs> that kind of 
kind of cemented it into the back of my brain there. So, but you, yeah, you know, and yeah. I I couldn't tell you my favorite one. I think I have a few favorite ones. They're one of those bands where I think um, it could even be a metalhead, but even like your casual metalhead is going to listen to their entire discography on uh, line or something, and it's probably yeah. all going to sound the same to them. But I can tell the very subtle progression as we go forward in their their catalog. And I don't know, man. I really like uh, Destroy, Erase, Improve a lot. I know that was kind of yeah, the breakthrough. That's, that's that's really good too. And that's I, a I know a lot of people are kind of like throwing that up as like, you know, obviously it's Meshika's break. It's Meshika's breakthrough. So, you know, it changed, it flipped the script, you know, so people are going to, people are going to talk about that. But like when I see kids talking about it, who, you know, are they're 15 years old and they were just being born when that freaking album came out, you know, it just, it's just, it's just weird, but they, you're right. They are, they are that type of band where like I, I meet the, different people who were like into that band or have heard of that band who I would never in a million years have expected to listen to that band. And like, they'll either, you know, obviously a lot of people who don't, you know, listen to extreme music aren't too keen on the vocal stylings more than anything, because, you know, they say it's just a bunch of growling and yelling and stuff like that. (laughs) Um, but the musicianship is just, I mean, it's, it's second to none. I mean, my wife, my wife is, um, has a degree in music, and I've played her some some of their stuff, and even she's absolutely impressed by it and blown away. She, like I said, she hates, she doesn't like growling vocals, but you know, she she puts up with listening to it kind of secondhand through. <laughs> the way she I describe it is, is they're they're the only extreme trance band because it's just like you know, ten minute onslaughts of what a yeah. lot of people could think is is repetition, which you know, it, for the most part, I guess it is overlying repetition but there's so much changing in the rhythms behind you know the main right. guitar work and stuff and even you know really and even yeah and even jen's kidman his his vocal style it's not for everybody because he's not doing a whole lot he's pretty much he's really monotone as far as just yeah. it's just him yelling it's like he's yelling at the neighbor's dog he's just yelling not screaming not metal shrieking or whatever he's just yelling but that's that's it's mm-hmm. really cool i describe their music as it's to me it's perfect workout music if anybody out there goes to the gym or whatever because it's just like uh jackhammer it's just a relentless jackhammer for eight nine minutes and it doesn't let up it never stops it's just and sometimes it's like okay is this this is more measures of this but it's just pounds it into the ground i like it yeah i, don't know. Yeah, I do I, I do too that's that's they're um, I didn't really start getting into them until about a couple years ago. I've always kind of just, you know, yeah, I, even I myself just kind of just ignored them. Um, and then when Obzin came out, I really started paying a lot more attention to them and I got their discography and stuff like that. And then, yeah, started really, started really listening to them a lot more. Well, yeah. And on the topic of that, you know, they're, they deserve props just because they are such a consistent band because they've been around for what, 22, 20 plus, you know, plus years now. Yeah. And, I, you could you could tell me and argue with me that Obsin or Colossus is their best album, and I wouldn't argue with you because I think they're amazing. I think they no, keep I mean, great stuff. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, their 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 level of work just keeps improving with release after release, and you know, it's after each one each time you listen to one, you're almost like you know, they've almost become kind of the same type of band that like Lamb of God or like you know Pantera was to some extent, or like especially like Motorhead and Slayer is like they release an album, like oh, just just another Meshka album. Of course, it sounds like Meshka, but it's ten thousand times better than every other band that's trying to sound like Meshka. Mm-hmm. So. You know, it's going to be head and shoulders above the rest. And, you know, they write good songs. So, you know, and at the end of the day, 
even though they've they've finally out of nowhere they've started this trend of copycatters. You know, none of them are mainstream or anything like that. But they're still they are identif- They have their own identity. Like they they're one of those bands, like a tool. I mean, as big as they are, or whatever tool is still tool. And right. there is no other tool. There is no other Mashuga. There's nobody that's will probably ever accomplish what it is they've accomplished doing with their sound. And no, uh, I mean, they, they they carved out their own sound with what they, they do. And, they, and you know. they've successfully created a genre called Mashuga. And I think that's what any yeah. band would hopefully want to do. Yeah. Just you know, I mean, some people call uh, Tool progressive rock. Some people even call Meshuggah progressive, whatever. But to me, when I think progressive rock, I think Genesis and King Crimson or something like that. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah, totally. Tool, Tool's their own thing. Meshuggah's their own deal. I mean, stuff like that. But Yeah, totally. River, you're off the quad over there, man. Oh, you know, sorry. Listen no, I'm, just, I'm, listening, I'm listening to you guys. Yeah, I, I have been looking, I'm looking at them a little bit. Yeah. We, I don't know how this turned into a Meshuggah podcast, but it doesn't matter to me because I love it. But yeah. uh, Jens Kidman got sick recently. I think he had to skip a couple shows on their current tour, so they replaced him uh, on stage with a cardboard cutout <laughs> of him. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I saw the picture, and you know they, they carried on with the shows. I think Animals as Leaders was uh, opening for him, and uh, they carried on with the shows and just said, "Hey, fans, you guys got to sing for us." And they had a, I think they played with a backing track. But that's how tight of a unit they are that they can play yeah. perfect in time with a vocal track. That's and they just, that's, that's 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 just unbelievable, honestly. <laughs> Especially because that's not something they just do all the time, you know. Mm. You, you should you look know, up some of the footage. I mean, the, the cardboard cutout. I, I can't tell because they've never zoomed in on it, but it also looks like they put a ball gag on the face. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, that's, that's funny. I was I was about I was about to ask: Is he making that silly face that like every live picture you ever see of Meshiga has to include of him? Yeah, uh, I I don't know, but he's back now. Yeah, he looks pretty ridiculous, but uh, I don't know. It's pretty cool. River, what about you, man? I know you're uh, – I'm always listening to metal in some extent, but I'm very broad in my taste. I listen to all kinds of stuff. That's probably why uh, um, I don't pick up every single new metal release anymore because there's so much stuff. And I change with the week, but River, you're a little bit more flighty than me even. So I'm, what is it? You yeah, I'm, I'm real flighty, man. I've, I haven't been listening to anything new lately. I've basically just been picking up all uh, – old alice cooper albums and, that's pretty cool uh, yeah um i'm really addicted to my favorite alice cooper album probably zipper catch skin which <laughs> is which is uh of course one of his albums that's not you know really talked about or anything but uh it's different it has like kind of a kind of a i don't know kind of a punk post-punk uh you know kind of sound to it and it's it's different i really like it though but it's goofy talking, goofy talking? goofy lyrics and everything but i i just dig it what about, I mean, as far as Alice Cooper, I really like uh, Alice Cooper Band. I like uh, Billion Dollar Babies. I like uh, Welcome to My Nightmares for a solo one. And, uh, you know, other than that, he's got good stuff kind of spread throughout. Puts on a great show. I don't know if you've ever seen him, Pat. No, I've never seen him live. I've, I've, I've always kind of wanted to. I can't remember if he was around here uh, yeah, in the past couple of years. Five, four or five years ago, I saw him here. It was, was, it the, I, was it the Orpheum? No. It was, was it the Orpheum? It was, uh, I think he was here with uh, Slipknot. No, he was here with Rob what? Zombie. No, Rob no, no Zombie. it was. Yeah, that, yeah, I was in the area, and River and I went to that show. I don't think it was quite five years ago, but it was when, uh, gosh, it was Godsmack, Rob Zombie, and Alice Cooper, and then whoever. That's that. right. That's yeah. right. Of course, we right. left for Godsmack. So, well, you know what's it's funny? Like everybody is else. Everybody left. It was the funniest thing ever because um, 
the place was full capacity by the time Rob Zombie was on. And then when Rob Zombie went off the stage, literally 50% of the crowd left. And I remember as we were making our way to the exits, I remember Sully Erna even saying the first thing that he said after the first song finished, you know, because it takes a few songs to actually get out of those joints. Yeah. The first thing he said to the audience was, wow, where the fuck did everybody go? <laughs> I'll never forget that. I'm like, I don't know, man. Home? Well, I mean, again, it's it's not 2000 anymore, and you know, stay away from me. That doesn't, you know, nobody gives a shit anymore, Sully. And when when you've taken to making bad covers of Joe Walsh songs, I mean, <laughs> we've got we. I mean, did did he not learn from Metallica? I mean, we we know you're out of creative juice. You know, just just hang it up. You're done. Or you know, <laughs> retire to Vegas, play a few, do what the crew's doing, play in Vegas at the joint. You know, do a couple weekends, make a shitload of money, and sit on your ass for a week. You know, play a Thursday, Friday, Saturday thing, and just kind of sit back and count your money. You're rich. You don't care. You know. I bet nobody's Vince ever Neal, looked. I bet Vince Neil's having a oh, good go time. I'm saying Vince Neil. It works for him to play these resonance shows in his hometown because he can still go out and kill people on the road on a nightly basis. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. convenient for him. I can't stand Motley Crue. We're gonna go into I that. I can't either. <clears throat> I don't think that guy. Well, I mean, even in his heyday, the guy couldn't sing. I I, no. I don't know. He's just kind of he's got this nasal thing going on. Not quite, you know. Not in the same way Dave Mustaine has a nasal thing going on. He's seriously got a nasal thing going on. But he just sings with. His, it drives me absolutely bad. Yeah, his his falsetto's totally like head voice. Like he's not projecting like whatsoever, and he never really ever did. And like even when like he would hit higher or longer sustained notes, like it would always just sound. It always just sounds kind of weird. You know, it's just it's like you said, it's just kind of just like thrown up in his nasal cavity. So you know, it's but, like I mean obviously. I mean that whole just that. Listen to that. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and, and, and well, listen to him now. He sounds like absolute shit. He can't sing a lick now. It looks like absolute shit. But oh, gee, yeah. He's he's yeah. He's <laughs> he looks like Brett Michaels with like forty pounds on top of it. <laughs> and don't get me started on Brett Michaels, uh, the guy that. How many? How many? How much is he going to exploit that one song he had that isn't even that good? Oh, hey, man. You know, Get it, get it, get it, get it where you can, dude. I mean, he's he the, the dude has his own line of pet products. For God's sakes, <laughs> I'm not dude. shitting you. Look at all he has his I own line. Of, has his own line of pet of pet toys and stuff. Well, he gets, Isn't it like I think he like signed some sort of deal with uh, Petco or or one of those big yeah, Petland. Yeah, one of them. I can't remember. It's ridiculous, but uh, him. It's funny because he's come out with a few solo records, and the only reason I even know those come out is because for some reason. Some of these websites actually, you know, broadcast that. I don't know, but and they're always like the most generic looking fifth grade Photoshop album covers. I can't believe like anybody gets away with it. But they always re- they always feature the lead single as a take on Every Rose Has Its Thorn. I think I think the last album was featuring Miley Cyrus. Every Rose, I do it. Yeah. This one, he's got a new one coming out. And it's him and uh, gosh, is it Bonnie Raitt? It might be Bonnie Raitt. Every Rose Has a Thorn, another version. Oh I'm like, Are you kidding me? Like, just stop it. <laughs> I mean, it's sad at this point, and he's wearing a wig. I just want him to just come oh, out. Oh no, yeah, no, totally. It's Nobody wears a cowboy hat and a bandana all all the time that often. It just it just doesn't happen. He still gets more ass in a toilet seat, though. Yeah, he yeah more hands gets his hands on more bumper than a body shop. <laughs> <laughs> There's an Airheads reference for you guys. Yeah, I love that movie. That's um, a great movie. One thing I'm kind of excited about. Well, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward. I'm interested in is the new Black Sabbath album that'll be coming out. Oh, you mean uh, should, the fourth album? Be, I think it should, I think it should, I think it should be pretty good. Um, I thought the Heaven and Hell album was really good. Mm-hmm. 
I thought uh, the Heaven, uh, and Al- Heaven and Hell album was um, pretty good too. I just thought it was a little bit redundant. I mean, it got yeah. it, it kept the entire same doomy pace the whole time. I mean, even Black right. Sabbath had songs uh, that I don't know were almost a little bit upbeat. You know, Masses Reality and stuff like that comes to mind. But well, I don't know, but Paranoid or you know, something like that. Oh, and you had stuff like Fluff. That's, that's kind of- yeah, you had these little pieces that would break up the monotony a little bit within their albums always, whether it was an instrumental, and this is, I don't know, and Dio was awesome all the way until he died, but even him on that record. I mean, granted, he he, he still had somewhat of, you know, of a voice still hanging around for being as old as he was, but you, I mean, you know, nobody can keep it forever. But I don't know. It, but yeah, the the whole kind of the whole kind of dirgy kind of just feel to it. That's that's always been like my main qualm. I, why I just absolutely loathe like doom metal mm-hmm. and like drone and stuff like that. Like just get fucking on with it. I'm you know metal's supposed to be fast or at least have some semblance of a pace to me. I've always kind of felt. Um, but like any doom metal, what's like cathedral or like candle mass. Or any of that crap. I just, I could like stoner, most stoner metal. I can't, 90% of stoner metal, I can't stand. Like high on fire, all that crap. I just, I just can't listen to it. Well, I, I like to think of like uh, tempo and music a lot like diet. I think it needs to be balanced, you know, have, have mm-hmm. the right amounts of everything, make those slow parts all the more potent, all those heavy parts all the more potent. And when it right, kicks totally. here, yeah. I mean, and that's why I like progressive metal. I know it's kind of a nerdy's guys genre or whatever but i love bands like symphony x and i've been a dream i know dream theater has kind of been more of a public eye band the last uh, handful of years but i've been a fan of dream theater since 1997 uh, i'm not gonna stop now but i, I love they've that been, they've been around for a long time so yeah and, and, yeah they've been in the public eye recently because they can't get well, their shit together or it's, well, <laughs> ever since ever since they signed with roadrunner uh, that that label has actually been putting them out there and really promoting them, you know, because they were kind of in limbo on uh, what Electra Records and getting tossed around to all the Warner Record companies, subsidiary companies, and you know they even admitted it's like you know what they were just they were just happy they knew what we sold on our own just by our fan mm-hmm. base. And they never put any extra money into us. They, we were the guaranteed sure thing amount of money, and you know they yeah, didn't help yeah. us grow. So, and Ro- ever since they signed a Roadrunner, they've been all over a lot more stuff, and they've blown up in that sense. And more power to them. But anyway, I've been a fan for a long time. I love music like that. Um, gosh, there's a million bands I could talk about. I love Pain of Salvation. You guys ever hear about those guys? Or uh, I've seen I've seen that name, but I've never actually listened to them. No, and it's not they get they get tagged as progressive metal, but there's really so little metal about them. I don't I don't really know how you describe them, but uh, I love a lot of stuff like that where when it is heavy, it's really heavy, you know, because it doesn't yeah. come all the time, but. I don't know. Well, and like you like you said, it's kind of the whole balance of the of the entire thing. I, I totally understand why people like that. I've I've never really like Dream Theater. Um, I've they just never. I just never really dug it. And like um, the one person I knew who was really into Dream Theater was such a complete total asshole that like it just left a bad taste in my mouth about the band entirely. <laughs> Same thing, kind of like with Converge. Like every person who I meet who's like super into Converge is just an absolute dickhead. So I'm just like, I hate just, you and your, and your favorite band. But <laughs> he just described Dave Mustaine about his own band, but he's got a ton of yeah, fans. pretty much. Yeah, well, that, it's it's okay though because the chemtrails are going to kill us all. 
Folks, I've been giving Aaron and Todd a bunch of shit for a bunch of years about Megadeth <laughs> because I've never liked Megadeth. I've always just, I've been a Metallica guy, always have been. I know Aaron's a Metallica guy too, so is Todd, but they've always loved Megadeth. But I don't understand how they continue to follow that batshit crazy uh, old <laughs> looking guitar. <laughs> Uh, Did you say old lesbian? He is starting to kind of look like an old lesbian. He is. He is. He is. And I mean, he's not as crazy as like Varg Vikernes from like Burzum. He never killed anybody. Yeah, you know, yeah. he's not that nuts. He's not that nuts. He never had any books written about just specifically how nuts he is. Um, but I've just, he's getting loonier and loonier by the day. Speaking and, of Varg, um, man, if I ever. Uh, if I ever go down for murder, I want to go to jail where he did. I think he tried breaking out like what four million times, and he never got anything added onto his sentence. It was ridiculous. <laughs> well, you, you know, I mean, well, it, kudos to the uh, Norwegian justice system for you know handing down the strict penalty of seventeen years for admitted <laughs> capital murder, for admitted capital murder, and nine church arsons. You know, and and wasn't it wasn't it isn't there like another level that goes above first degree murder when you stab somebody like twenty five times in the face? Isn't that like above? Yeah meditated that's like so so hard with a bowie knife that you have to break the hilt off in his skull because it was stuck yeah Yeah, that's first degree bat shit crazy i mean yeah when he killed when he killed euronymous when he decided to kill euronymous he decided to kill the fuck out of euronymous like he wasn't messing around (laughs) well i mean he doesn't half-ass things you know yeah i mean yeah get it done done. right now i mean now he's making music he's released like three freaking burzum albums since he got out of jail yeah, yeah, and and you know what? I I think honestly, I've listened. I based his mythos and his uh, reputation far exceeds his actual music history. Oh, Jesus. His music is like yeah. I've never of I love black metal. Like I love old school Norwegian black metal, like Mayhem, Immortal, Dark Throne, Satyricon, all those bands. I've I've loved like especially their earlier releases and stuff. But like. And I'd always read about, you know, Burns was, you know, they were the seminal band and blah, they influenced everything and blah, 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 blah. And I listened to it and it's just absolute shit. <laughs> I listened just, to the first, out of curiosity, I listened to the first one probably uh, five, six years ago. And I, yeah, exactly. My opinion too. Like, okay. Um, did he record this from prison? Because it sounds like, I don't know. Well, he was allowed to record in prison. That's the thing. Yeah. He, yeah. He, there's, there's there's been a bunch of pictures published, and I think he recorded he released like two or three. That's when he, I mean he's kind of gone back to a little more traditional black metal um, kind of sound nowadays. But like back in back in the mid or back in the late '90s, while he was in jail, he was kind of just doing this weird kind of atmospheric stuff. That's when he was really on that um, nationalistic kick about how he hates all Jewish and black people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which I mean, you know, if you're gonna put your, you know, if you're gonna put your interest in a band, you know, might as well someone who's anti-Semitic and <laughs> extremely fucking racist. <laughs> oh, I mean, <laughs> I, I I I would follow his headlines not because I'm a fan of the music or I'm I'm not even a fan of a whole lot of black metal, but just for the same reasons why I'm interested in people like Henry Lee Lucas and people of that nature. You mm. know, he's to me one of those nutballs. I mean, they're they're interesting. It's like why does this guy tick like he does? But right. uh, again. Yeah, like- Dude, being in Norway, just, I mean, how again, how is he allowed to be walking around on the streets today? He killed somebody and burnt nine churches down. One of them was almost a thousand years freaking old. Oh. <laughs> There's probably an extra charge for it being a landmark, you'd think. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it was like one of the first Christian churches built in Norway, and he burnt, he burnt the thing down, you know, smoldering ash. And then I think one of them, he took a picture of it and used it, used it as an album cover. <laughs> 
Well, that is that. You think that's as bad? Is that is is that as bad as Southern Salt in the Wound as uh, the Mayhem album of their uh, Fallen Brethren well, with the shotgun? The, the, the Dawn of the Black Hearts, that bootleg, that was uh, that was never meant to actually be. That was that's not like an official Mayhem release. They've kind of they've kind of made it into one after the fact. But originally, that was a bootleg released by somebody in South America uh, who got a hold of the pictures. I'd probably assume because he, he did tape trading with Euronymous and. Uh, Euronymous was weird and took those pictures, so he probably sent it to him. That's what I it's, always kind of figured. But it's as hardcore, and I didn't know that. But that that cover is as hardcore as it gets. It's uh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm looking at it right now, dude. Jesus yeah. Christ! I I, t- I tell people, and the thing of it is, Todd is the note that he left for his suicide just said, "Sorry about the mess." Oh, <laughs> that's all it said. That's all it said. Jeez. Well, and then you know. And then, this, as the story goes, you know, Hellhammer and Euronymous found him, and Necro Butcher. I can't remember which one of them was found him, but you know, don't call the cops. First of all, let's get the let's get the camera out, and take some pictures. Uh, and I, then, I thought, yeah, I know. I thought that was funny too. Um, and all well, fairness, then look, yeah. took some piece of brain and eat it too. So, oh. yeah, yeah. Jeez, uh, Louise, man, what was I? <laughs> I, I kind of want to finish off what we were talking about as far as the. Um, even approach to the way an album is recorded and mixed and all that good stuff. Um, yeah. And these are albums that are um, beat to death and they're referenced all the time, but they're referenced for good reason. But look at an album like Master Puppets. Screw all mm-hmm. you haters. It's a perfect record. Get over it. Mm-hmm. Okay. You you have, you know, it had a pretty winning formula, something like Battery going into Puppets. But anyway, when you come across and you get to a song like The Thing That Should Not Be, that sounds all that much heavier because... You know what I'm saying? It's the only track on that record that sounded like that. Or, yeah. or, or Raining Blood, when you get to a track like Jesus Saves, that's sort of the break in that that assault, that fast Which record. I've, I've, always, I've always thought that song is just an absolute monster on that on that album. Like, that's well, been, it's one of my all-time favorite Slayer songs. And it, and it totally stops everything for a second, and it's just... Mm-hmm. And it goes into this really, yeah, it's all that heavier because because of that, because it was sandwiched between, you know, the stuff it was sandwiched between. But uh, anyway, that's the way I felt about that. I want to talk about, gosh, like I said, I don't know, brand new releases. I've gotten the latest Catatonia, which I don't know if you like Catatonia or not. You probably don't, Pat. But uh, never, I've, I've honestly never even listened to them, but they, they fall I, into they, that they, whole they've been around for a little while. Yeah, they've been around since uh, the like ninety two, ninety three. But you know, they they influenced Opeth, but now they kind of like ride the coattails of Opeth. But anyway, they they ditched their their heavy vocals and stuff a long time ago. Now they just do all mellow, dramatic, kind of dreary music. A lot of acoustic stuff, all clean vocals. Uh, Anyway, it's cool. Um, I'm not going to go into that album in too much detail. I might write a review on the website, but as of right now, it's a grower. Um, I really like their last one. This one's kind of put me to sleep, which that's this kind of genre of music, progressive rock, metal, whatever you want to call it. It's got to ride a line because I'm a huge Opeth fan. I understand why people think Opeth is boring. Um, To me, they don't do that for me, but there's like this, in this case, in the new Catatonia, they cross that line. Where it's like, ah, yeah, they totally. they're not straddling it anymore now. It's just, it's dull. There's got to be something there. What else did I get? Um, I got the newest, um, oh, geez. I can't even spit it out, man. Um, I actually saw Between the Barry and Me. Sorry, my bad. Um, oh, I didn't, I didn't, I missed that they even had one coming out. Yeah, yeah. It, it was the sequel to their, uh, their last one. Um, yeah, like, aren't they? Isn't, isn't this like a trilogy thing they're kind of doing, or is it? Like, that, that's, they- that's, that's what I heard. Um, but, 
like I said, um, actually, that one's not grabbing me quite as much as the first one did, or, or like I loved Colors too back in the day. But uh, you know, it's it's pretty yeah, good. I think, I think Colors. I think Colors is a really good album. But like, I don't know. I know people. They're one of those types of bands who like the people who are really into that band are like really into that band. Mm-hmm. Like my brother, Tra- my brother Travis loves that band. Mm-hmm. He's he's a huge between the Barrett and me fan. Well, I, uh, I caught him. I caught him with Travis, and you were there actually too. When Matt, they were playing with Mastodon, and I think it was Baroness. Yeah, yeah. Before Baroness rolled a bus down a hill in England. <laughs> hey, every, I think everybody's okay. It's all right. Um, yeah, they, yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, that's great. That's, I'm totally. I'm I'm just kind of making light of it because nobody got killed. You know what I mean? Uh, but you know what? I'm trying. I, let's see. That's as far as metal releases, man. I think that might be. Gosh, I, th- I think that might be it as far as real recent. Honestly, what I've been listening to, I've been on a big Meshuggah kick. I think I was the one that actually started talking about it earlier, but I've been listening to their stuff a lot again lately. And uh, honestly, I've been on this huge Max Cavalera kick because I got to tell you, I want to talk about it. I know they don't have a new release out or anything like that, but you know, when Soulfly, I'm not even going to say Soulfly was the start of it, but that those first three Soulfly releases were like, you know, capitalizing on the whole new metal thing. I mean, albeit they were still original because they were just. Too much tribal, if you ask me. It, but, but I grew out of that. You know, I think I, I really liked the first album when it came out. You know, as a kid, I think actually your brother Travis—that was our first concert ever, or at least mine. But uh, I'm a big Sepultura fan, and I love, uh, gosh, all the old Sepultura. I really, to me, I think they started losing their stride with Roots. I don't like Roots. I think it's, I think it took what they had in Chaos AD, which is a real winning formula where they finally blended their tribal perfect elements to that groove. And, you know, they, they slowed down the tempos a little bit, almost like a Pantera type of deal. But Roots took it way too far. And it was just, I, I don't know. I, I, I always kind of thought like, like if there's a band that like, they kind of ran its course. I always thought like Sepultura was like at, at the pinnacle because like Roots was pretty much, they couldn't really take that sound any further. I, I, um, I've always, Arise has always been my favorite Sepultura album personally, yeah, and uh, Beneath, Beneath Remains kicks ass too. But like, there are some songs, a lot of songs on Roots that I actually really dig. Like Attitude, I think like the breakdown at the end of that song is heavy as hell, and I've always I've always liked that like that song. But yeah, I, I can I can understand. But everything after that's just been kind of yeah absolutely unnecessary. The first Sepultura song I ever heard, I well, it, it might have been Roots in all fairness, but if it wasn't Roots, it was Desperate Cry off Arise, of and it just gave me all kinds of funny good feelings in my, my insides. But See, the, uh, I, did, I didn't even know they were a thrash band for like the longest time. Like I had only heard Blood Rooted and Roots, and like that's it. And like oh, Blood yeah. Rooted is kind of like Blood Rooted is kind of like they had, there's like a few originals on it and like some live stuff. And I think there's a couple covers <laughs> and some stuff like that. But then um, yeah, yeah, my buddy. A buddy of mine's like, dude, check out this old Rise album. I'm like, holy crap. I'm like, you know, the production kind of sounds like Master of Puppets. I'm like, this thing kicks ass. Well, you know, and anybody that's, you know, unfamiliar with uh, anything pre-Chaos or whatever, just go on YouTube. There's tons of stuff on there. Anything like 92 and before, watch it live. You could almost mistake him for old Morbid Angel for a second because even live, his vocals are almost death metal. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, if 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 you if you know anything kind of about the history of tape trading and stuff like that, I mean, Max Cavalera seriously cut his teeth tape trading with you know Euronymous from Mayhem, and uh, Chuck Schuldner from Death, and a lot of those guys. Like they were, that's the reason like Sepultura was on a lot of those early tours for some of those kind of like the, the some of the Florida death metal bands. Um, it's because you know they had contact back then. I mean, obviously they didn't have the internet. They had to write letters and send each other tapes, but you know. 
um, yeah, that's kind of how they kind of got, and their sound was totally influenced by it. I think, I can't remember like the name of their like first two records, but yeah, they're totally just death metal albums. And I actually heard the new, the last Soulfly album. I, 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 like every person I know who listens to metal has told me that it's like a straight up death metal album. And that's, that I, and that's what I want to, that's what I was trying to get to with the whole Cavalera thing. Um, talking about how they fell off and it wasn't even the first Soulfly. It actually started with Roots. Cause I think the first Soulfly record is naturally where Soulfly would have went with their next, I'm sorry, Sepultura would have went with their next album had Max stayed i yeah, think totally. that um but anyway it's come full circle now and i i outgrew that and i i kind of honestly got a little tainted the whole max cavalier thing for many years and i think it was uh last year and i'd heard things about like dark ages had come out and it was supposed to be real hardcore and all this stuff and and retro and you know i'd heard it maybe heard clips i'm like oh that's pretty cool but whatever never really went to it then somewhere in the last year i i actually acquired dark ages i think it was anyway and i've gone back and i've listened to the last four albums and they are heavy as shit they are good really and and i I mean i'm reformed i i've regained my faith in it well the thing is is he he gained mark rizzo the guitar player from the band yeah. El Nino back in the day, which you would have never <laughs> knew that guy was anybody, but dude, that dude is talent. And yeah, I, I, I just, he is one of my upcoming, just favorite, not even upcoming, but just this new on, uh, favorite guitar players. Cause he gave that band a kick in the pants because listen to dark, listen to dark ages. It is awesome. I mean, fr- listen, Google a song like front lines, uh, uh, something like, uh, yeah. And then and what was it next? Then they had like, uh, gosh, Conquer, and then there was uh, Omen, and then there's the most recent one, which is uh, I can't get all their one word titles straight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like Wrath. Or something? No, it's not Wrath. That's like, no, God. it's I not can't... Wrath. Oh, I can't think of it. It's uh, I have it. It's so good. Why can't? I... Oh, it's uh, I don't know. Enslaved. Enslaved. That's it. Ah, uh, yeah, that's it. That's I knew. I knew it was the name of another band, but I just couldn't but, remember. But they. But they. You know what? In ways, they keep getting better. And Enslaved does have a death metal vibe on it. And he's still doing that thing where he likes to have guest vocals, um, a couple on each record. And uh, gosh, on Conquer, he had David Vincent on uh, the lead yeah. song. Uh, and yeah, I, I'd, song, I'd read about that. Yeah, have you ever listened to it? Bloodfire, War, Hate. I think I, I think I heard a snippet of it. I didn't listen to I again. They, I, I stopped listening to him after Dark Ages. A buddy of mine was really into that album, but I just I don't know. I just kind of like you. I was kind of just like I'm in, absolutely indifferent to it, and I was just like, oh, another you know another Soulfly album. Whoop you do, you know. But but that that's, but, that's I probably looked at it at the time because of what preceded it. But honestly, Dark Ages was the start of it. And then but like listen to Conquer, listen to Blood Fire War Hey, that song is old school. David Vincent. It's like why can't they have had those kind of vocal productions on you know some of those old Morbid Angel albums? It's like because he sounds great on that. But uh, even though he looks like have you ever seen him now, man? He looks like he had a baby with Vinnie Paul and spit it out. Well, was, that's. That's because he's married to Jen from the Jenna Torturers, and so she does his makeup for him. So is he really? <laughs> yeah, you know that yeah, he's married no. to Jen from the Jenna. He's married to Jen from the Jenna Torturers. No, and no, yeah, they, I think he, he like he like produces all their albums now. I think he actually guested on like the last two albums that he's I, since he's been married to them. I saw them way back in the day at the Ranch Bowl. Hmm. I, mm-hmm. I remember I told my I, I remember I told my parents th- uh, to drop me off at the Ranch Bowl because they they didn't want me hanging out there to begin with, but. Um, <laughs> It reached a certain point where they're just going to, you know, whatever, or, you know, just as long as he's not doing, you know, getting arrested or doing anything. Yeah. So, yeah, they took me there. And, uh, I told them it was like some local show, which I didn't lie. There were local bands on the bill. But, yeah, the Jenna Torturers were the headliner. And that's just, uh... <laughs> yeah, Morbid Angel, as far as they go, they've had such a 
big album gap between the current and the last one. I think the only time I've had a, they came around my area one time and that was on the heretic tour. And I regret not going. Cause I ended up liking that album, you know, way after the fact I never had to listen to it. At it time, but. They haven't, been, they haven't been around in our, me and Todd's neck of the woods in a good long time. They were supposed to be, uh, I think I was a junior in high school. So it would have been about Oh one there. That was when Pantera and Slayer and morbid angel were touring. Um, but I think they, they, they canceled that show. I heard Vinnie Paul broke his foot. That was the last. Yeah. Yeah. Really yeah. 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 He, so that, that was like the show. That was the show, first show that got canceled or like the second show that got canceled. And yeah. Um, yeah. I've, I've never had the chance to see them live. I'd like to, because I, I mean, I love altars of madness and um, I, I, like, I, I like Steve. T- I like domination. I like Steve Tucker. I don't, I like that yeah. a lot. I, I didn't mind him. I thought he was just fine, but uh, I like both of them. Um, but yeah, listen to Blood, Fire, War, Hate, anybody out there. Give it a chance. And then not even just that. It's caused me to go on this entire Max Cavalera kick. So I even uh, went back and listened to those Cavalera conspiracy records. I know they have two out. So Yeah, I, I only heard the first one. I, I actually enjoyed the first one, though. The, I, had, I, I downloaded, like, before I, could, before I was finding whole albums and stuff when I was any good at how I acquire music. Um I was only able to find just single songs, not entire whole album files. So I, I downloaded like I think ten or so, but there was a whole bunch of songs on that first album. They're uh, they're good, man. They're they're both good, and you know what? Soulfly is to the point now where they're heavy. Where honestly, you might confuse, you might not know which band if you have like a shuffle on. Like I don't know if this is Cavalier Conspiracy or new new Soulfly, but that's a good yeah. thing. That's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, if, if Max Cavalera was really smart, he'd kind of do like what Manowar does in Germany. I don't know if you guys know. Manowar puts on their own festival in Germany where basically it's just like all bands that sound like Manowar. And then they close. <laughs> just, Seriously. They, does it they, come with a loaded gun with admission? And a, a loincloth. Um <laughs> But, I mean, if he was really smart, he'd do, you know, especially in Brazil. I mean, there's, mil- you know, they have festivals all the time where there's like a million people there. And, you know, he does like a set of Soulfly, a set of Cavalier Conspiracy, and then, you know, close every night with Sepultura. He'd make a freaking dump truck full of money. Well, Sepultura is like the Beatles in Brazil still. They're still really popular. They play their MTV down there all the time, and they're 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 pretty much, they're still kind of commercially viable down there. They have one original freaking member. Oh, I know. And, and the only, <laughs> well, their bass player isn't even a bass player if you ask me i think he faked his way through it the last 30 years i do he's got he's kind of he's kind of like uh michael anthony from van halen the master of the one string bass <laughs> you know what i don't want to get into that because michael anthony's all i think michael anthony had a lot more oh no don't get me wrong oh no i mean I've, I've i've heard that you know he did contribute to songwriting but obviously it's not going to get anything past Eddie and Alex, but you know he great great backing vocals. But I mean, come on, listen to listen to you know Running with the Devil for God's sake. He's only playing, he's beating the hell out of that E string, and that's it. <laughs> you know, don't get me wrong, it's 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 you know he made great he made great tunes, but you know if you're just whacking away at that top string, you can get some low, good low end. <laughs> I, 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 I like Michael Anthony. You know what? I always thought he seemed really out of place in that band, just visually, aesthetically. I did too. He, he just looks like. He belongs on the set of King of the Hill and on the street drinking a beer with those guys. Um, he always rocked that mullet. He just didn't even look like he belonged in an A's rock band. I don't know, but he always looked like yeah, he was having a great time. He oh yeah, he, like- he looked. He, yeah, I mean, uh, apparently, you know, he likes to drink. He's still hanging out with Sammy Hager down in Cabo. So <laughs> yeah, well, you know, people could say what they want about Sammy Hagar and that era of music and his era in Van Halen. Whatever. I'm actually a fan of Sammy Hagar and Van Hagar actually, but anyway. That dude is a role model. That dude is a smart businessman. He made a lot of good choices. Dude, that dude's loaded. 
you know, he might not be musically viable anymore or anything like that. He's not relevant or whatever, but I guarantee you he's got more money than Bono. Oh yeah, man. He's built, he's built his brand down there. And, you know, obviously he's, um, probably his property taxes down there in Mexico are a little, probably cheaper. Probably, you know, you got that huge beachfront property and stuff like that down there. Yeah. His bar is pretty sweet, dude. I I hit up his bar a few uh, years ago when I was down in Mexico, that Cabo. Oh, really? Yeah. It was awesome, dude. Were they were they playing that night or? Uh, uh, no, they weren't. It was during the day, but um, oh. it was a, it was a pretty sweet place. Well, he's you know he's I respect a, a guy that's good at business and all that good stuff. He's actually started opening uh, sports bar restaurants too. His first one was in St. Louis last year. Oh really? Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want I would like to go. Um, he loves St. Louis for some reason because reportedly I guess he sold more tickets like in that city than any other artist. You know. Hmm. I don't know oh, if that yeah. counts. If he's gone there 50 times a year or what, but whatever, that's the tag he's got. So he's Mr. St. Louis. But, uh, anyway, I think, I think what really did it was with Cabo tequila. I think it was, um, a couple years back. Didn't he like sell half of the the rights for like 50, $60 million or something ridiculous. Yeah, He made a He made a ton of money off that. And it, and the thing of it is, is he kind of, kind of ushered in this, um, the higher end tequila type market thing too. I mean, it was going on obviously with some, some liquors at the time and it kind of started with vodka. And I mean, every rapper talking about Hennessy and stuff like that drove the price of that stuff up an arm and a leg. Cause before Tupac said anything about Hennessy, Hennessy was poor man's liquor. I mean, mm-hmm. nobody was drinking that stuff. Um, but I, especially with tequila, nobody gave two shits about, you know, what type of tequila you were drinking unless a, you were really into tequila or b you're Mexican. So, um, but he came up with that once, once he came up with that. And I mean, it's, it's good tequila, you know, he kind of, he, he, he's printing his own money basically just from that. But yeah. I can't, he, he sold it to some beverage maker for some obscene amount of money. Yeah. But I don't even know how it all works, but he didn't sell. I think I read like I, he sold 50% of the, I don't know. So he still owns part of it, I guess. But yeah, but I think he sold majority, majority control to some beverage, some giant beverage producer. But he was smart, you know, because I, I respect him because he, he built that thing from the ground up all by himself. And he was smart. I've watched an interview with him where he was talking about, you know, I wasn't stupid. He's like, I, I took advantage of my situation in Van Halen. I got all free advertising. I have to go out on world tours. I advertise the hell out of my out of my tequila on tour. Free advertising, free space, free people. And, you know, it was all word of mouth from there. I mean, the guy was really, really smart. I mean, I the guy has got my respect. And he enjoys life. Have you ever seen an interview where that guy's not, like, just smiling? God, he lives oh, in the no, most nine. beautiful place ever, dude. He's <laughs> always on cloud nine, man. And more power to the guy even if he believes in aliens and butt probes and whatever it is he's doing nowadays but no oh, yeah he did say he did say he thought he was abducted by aliens a couple <laughs> in here or something like that yeah i don't even think there was even a reason to doubt in his voice i think he was like i was abducted by aliens yeah, that was yeah. Yeah. yeah but whatever man you can be a little crazy man he's rich i'm not gonna talk to him yeah i mean most rich people are crazy so you know but uh geez man i mean i like this we've just kind of went on just a, a nice flow of of rant um we probably should <laughs> wrap it up any time now. Is there anything else we need to contribute? Is there anything Just, else you want to throw out there as yeah, far as like uh, – Yeah, I wanted to talk to Pat real quick about – yeah, throw out some like upcoming releases or something you're looking forward to uh, music. Oh, um, let's see. Some new stuff coming out. There's a band I haven't mentioned on the site before. They're, they had something come out at the end of uh, 2012, I think it was. Um, they're called No Zodiac. They're from Chicago. And they kick a lot of ass. Um, let's see. Mayhem supposedly has an album coming out in 2013. So that's uh, that's something I'm 
ex- excited for. Uh, the new Strife album. I've been on a big hardcore kick, so um, the new Strife album. They've been around for I mean about twenty years now, and um, never never really even listened to them until I started hearing this new album. And I think it's called. Um, uh, witness the rebirth or something like that. Hmm. Um, but that's really, really good too. I've, I've, I've listened to a few songs on the internet. I haven't had a chance to get my actual hands on it. Um, Tara's got a new album coming out. Um, March 29th. I think that's when that comes out. Um, other than that, off the top of my head, we talked on that, about that nails album, that dark Thorn album, any of that stuff that I mentioned on the post, um, that my top 10 albums of 2012 that I threw on the site, um, all that stuff, kind of newer stuff like Zabalba, that band's like, I can't say enough good things about that band. Sure. Um, they're really cool. Um, but I don't know. I have, I, I haven't, I let my lapse in decibel, my subscription to decibel go. So I haven't really kind of, I don't have, I don't have my charts every, every month of what's coming out anymore. So I kind of got to go digging for it a little more. Um, but yeah. Two- Tuesday, new Stephen Wilson Wilson album. That's that's I'm a fanboy, but I'm looking forward to that. Stephen Wilson, he's the guy. He's the main man of Porcupine Tree. More uh, weird. Oh, no, gotcha. He's awesome. But well, you know what? I'm going to say real quick. I love that guy because not because he's an ace songwriter. He's not the best singer. He's not the best instrumentalist. But the dude is an audiophile. He's he's really a master at mixing and, and mastering and recording like he releases all his stuff in blu-ray because he's an audiophile really? and, and surround sound oh yeah i mean That's if weird. you want if you want an experience put on uh like a, an album like fear of a blank planet or in absentia and yeah that first one was a reference to uh uh you know yeah boy all that stuff public enemy. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but anyway i love public just, enemy man yeah. just sit in a chair man and put on one of these albums and they just they, you don't have to get stoned. They send you on a trip, and he really appreciates the art of a good sound, and uh, it's brilliant. Anyway, his last solo record was definitely my album of the year when it came out a couple years back, so I'm really looking forward to it. So that's yeah, I, heard good things, I heard good things about that Porcupine Tree album. Uh, you, they've, been, they've been around since about 91. They got tons yeah. of stuff, but uh, they're almost yeah. like a new age Pink Floyd, but weirder. Uh, but I mean, yeah. listen to Fear of a Blank Planet. Fear of a Blank Planet's incredible. Listen to that. They've got so much no, stuff. To, you I'll could look see. that up. But uh, I'll look that up. No, River, but you got anything? Oh, sorry. No, you're fine. Go ahead. I was just saying. I was just saying. River, is there anything you're looking forward to listening to, man? I know you're not. Uh, I'm still looking forward to listening to the new Josh Grobe, and I haven't picked it up yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know, there's a time and place for everything, and I'm a huge Josh Groban fan I too. too I thought this, I thought this was for rock music, but I, I, dude, it's it's really good. He does. He has a cover on the fan edition of, of Dave Matthews Satellite. It's great. Okay, I still really. need to check it out on Spotify. So uh, that's what I'll be listening to tonight. There you go. Yeah, I, 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 I like his voice a lot. I've never actually like gotten down to Josh Groban, but you know, well, to each his own, dude. I get, I get down to a lot of weird shit too. So I, yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, sky's the limit on that stuff. But hey, we appreciate you, Pat. Yeah, man. So, if you're down, yeah, we'd love to have you back. Yeah, anytime, fellas. Uh, yeah, just you got me on Skype now, so you can you can find me. And uh, yeah, anytime you guys want to talk, I'm always down to talk. 